Hi, I'm Larry Castle here with Ken Brown for episode 93 of That's a Good Question. Part two of Ken John Durham, Michael Flynn, and Robert Mueller helped me grow as a Christian. second episode and uh, we're devoting this to helping us uh, develop better discernment Mm -hmm. and uh, we've been using an illustration or a couple of illustrations from political and legal realms starting last week and it's because we see a connection between those and Christian character and growth and uh, that's the reason we talk about yeah. these issues. You right. know, this isn't just two pastors who really <laughs> enjoy talking about politics. Yeah. This is one who enjoys Although talking about politics yeah. right. and the other one enduring <laughs> it because we agree that it's important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it really is two pastors concerned for the well-being right. of God's people and this onslaught of misinformation Correct. that we've experienced and taken in. And all of the ill effects that this has, uh, not the least of which is on our credibility Mm -hmm. with the world that we're trying to reach, Mm -hmm. and also the distraction that it becomes for those who get pulled into the conspiracies, who become fearful of what's going to happen. So let's remind our listeners, our viewers, why we're using these three, Durham, Flynn, and Mueller, as examples of how misinformation has adversely adversely affected really good people. <laughs> well, we're using uh, those three really for two two reasons. They're all related investigations uh, into the Trump campaign's many, many ties to Russians and the Russian government, beginning from at least the first half of 2016. So that's the first. They're related that way. Second, these are all uh, issues, cases that can be empirically verified. You know, one of the sad consequences of the information overload that we're swamped with is that people have a more difficult time distinguishing truth from error, fact mm-hmm. from opinion. One of the things we try to do on this podcast is to distinguish claims that have been proven from inferences that we might draw from various facts. So I'll sometimes say, I can't prove this, but I believe it to be the case. That such and such. Pointing out that it's there's nothing wrong with thinking through things Indeed. and possibilities. Right. But that's different than claiming that exactly. it's fact. Exactly. Yeah. But in key, and that's in keeping with the Bible's very high standard of proof for mm-hmm. any truth claims that we make. You know, documentation is required. Two or three witnesses, the mm-hmm. Bible says. Mm-hmm. Legal issues then are a good place to illustrate truth from error because they have lit- we, we really have literally no institution of human origin that more thoroughly and robustly examines facts and demands proof than our legal system. And we ought to be very thankful for our legal system. And our legal system is under great, great stress today because you have had politicians talking about judges as being Obama judges and Clinton judges and Trump judges and all of that. None of that's helpful. In fact, it undermines the credibility of our legal system. We shouldn't cheer that on, friends, hmm. when, when politicians do that. We had a, a retired judge in Wisconsin this week uh, assassinated. I didn't know that. Assassinated. Wow. And just uh, within the last two days, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh mm-hmm. was stalked by a guy at 1 a.m. in his neighborhood yeah, who came that. from California, the mm-hmm. other side of the, the, the country, and he stated that he w- was there to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Mm. So this is unprecedented in my lifetime, the way 
that justices and the legal system are being attacked, and Christians of all people should not uh, cheer that on. Mm-hmm. So Durham and Flynn and Mueller were all involved extensively in court proceedings, and we have the documents, so that there's no dispute about what happened with all three of them. Mm. Wait, so <laughs> wait, no dis- you're saying no dispute, but people are, they have, you know, you yeah. just turn on your television, you get yeah. diametrically opposed views of what happened with all three of those, so how are we saying mm. there's no dispute? That's true, you're right. You're right. I should have said there's no question okay. about what happened in all three yeah. of these cases. But it's true. People can dispute whatever they want. And indeed they do, as you, as you said. So we have people disputing things about which, in fact, there is no question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what then is the reason? What causes people to dispute mm. something that's so easily proved or disproved? You know, it's their sources of information. People talk about things and get exercised uh, over things about which they've not gone to original sources. Okay. Instead, they're getting someone's retread of the original sources, often from people who themselves have not actually looked at the original court documents or the, the reports. Now, it's true that people come to a podcast like this wanting us to distill what we've read Mm -hmm. into explanations, into conclusions. And they do so because, at least for most listeners, they've learned to trust thoroughness as we reference and often quote the original sources. But if nothing else, we at least point folks to those uh, to verify what it is we've claimed. Yeah. And this is becoming a bigger problem in our day because the choice of sources to trust... um, uh, n- not because we're going to, an, or I should say, it's not because um, the variety of news sources that are available, but it's because when we go to sources, we don't just look for information most times. Mm. We're looking for who, yes, which of these yes, sources is on yes, my that's team. That's the problem. Uh, you know, and <laughs> some of them even label themselves as fair and balanced, and uh-huh. that's how we know they're our team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But we're still looking right. for our tribe. Yes. And uh, that really means we're looking for somebody who's going to really give it to the other side. Exactly, exactly. So for the conservative, political, and cultural, and religious environment that we inhabit, and we believe in, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, there are news sources that tell us what we want to hear. Mm -hmm. And so too many of us go to them alone. Because we're before we're done today, in fact, I think it would be a good idea for us to make some recommendations Mm -hmm. for folks to diversify our information intake. But as an example of the so-called news a so-called news outlet, telling people what they want to hear, not necessarily what's newsworthy or what's important for their own lives. Just two days ago, we had the first of six upcoming hearings on the investigation into what happened with the January 6, 2021 riot at our Capitol. Now, all three broadcast networks and most cable news networks covered it in prime time from 8 until 10 on Thursday evening of this past week. Now, if you missed it, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch it and that you keep up with the next five that are going to take place in the next few weeks. All of them, most all of them except one during the day. The next one is coming up on Monday the 13th at 10, 10 a.m. And only the last one is going to be another evening uh, uh, broadcast. Now, if you didn't see it this past Thursday, though, it's probably because you were either watching nothing Or because at 8 o'clock, every single night, you turn on the same thing. Tucker Carlson, Hmm. followed by Sean Hannity, then Laura Ingram on Fox. So they didn't play it? They didn't play it. They're the only ones who didn't play it. ABC, CBS, NBC, 
CNN, MSNBC, C-SPAN, not Fox huh. News. That is curious. They moved it to the Fox Business Channel. Okay. So they did, I should say, they did carry they it did there. They did carry it. Just but Brett Baer... Not on their news channel. Not on their news channel. Interesting. Fox decided not to carry this historically important event on their main channel. And as I think about it, they almost had to skip it, at least on their primary channel. As I say, they relegated it to their, their business channel because their very own hosts are actually part of the Capitol riot mm-hmm. debacle. Mm-hmm. There was such a symbiotic relationship between the Trump White House and, and Fox News. I keep putting that in quotes, <laughs> that Hannity and Ingram, for example, had the White House staff and the president himself on speed dial. Hmm. And on January 6th, we have the texts. But if you didn't hear any of this, then you may not know about it. And if you only watch Fox News, I guarantee you don't know that we have the texts. They've been published because the January 6th committee has subpoenaed those texts. Yeah, just, I, I mean, there's, there's a part of me that says, you know, if you grew up in the 80s and yeah. you kind of longed for some more balance uh-huh. in the news. And so you're like, ah, oh, finally someone who's Correct. sympathetic. Yeah. But it, there should be something that, a red flag that flies in our yes. mind when the media doesn't have somewhat of an adversarial relationship to politicians because they're there to hold them accountable, right? Yeah, how can you do that? Yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're friends, we're buddies. Yeah. You know, we're giving mm-hmm. you political advice. Sean Hannity's showing up at Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. Okay, how are you gonna how are you gonna do this? How are you gonna speak objectively about Trump if you're Sean Hannity? I mean, mm-hmm. so, all right, and and so uh, on January sixth we have the text. They they being Hannity Ingram they are frantically texting and calling and begging the president to stop the riot. Their texts are being displayed and being read during the January sixth committee hearings as they were on Thursday night. So I can imagine if you were in the war room at Fox News and you're going, you know, everybody else is showing this, are we going to show it? Mm-hmm. But they also know that they're going to be kind of dragged through this thing. Yeah, and so then you have to ask the question, why would they want their pleas to stop the riot to be hidden hmm. from the audience? You know, it's a good thing, right? They're yeah. trying to get it stopped. They're trying to save lives. Uh, you know, yeah. people are, lives are being lost. People are being injured. It would be a good thing if... They said in public the same thing they were saying in private mm-hmm. on, the, on the text mm-hmm. messages. But it's embarrassing yeah. to have their text messages revealed because they're not consistent. Uh, as it happens, they're lying weasels. Mm. Let me not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> but and I really, I'm just, I'm, I don't often use that kind of, but I'm saying that straight up. I, I am personally and as a citizen, I am upset and I'm very concerned that you would have people be duplicitous about something so important and so dangerous as that unprecedented, and I hope it'll remain unprecedented as an event, but I'm not sure. And and I say this frequently. I think we both we yeah. both say this frequently. Uh, I'm just as disturbed when I see people from the other political side of the of aisle do those kind of things. Yeah. But it's more troubling to me when it's folks who claim to be on our there side. There you go. That's mm-hmm. right. And so they went on their programs the next few nights after January 6th to play down what it was they were scared to death of when it was happening in real time. Mm-hmm. They implied it was Antifa dressed as Trump supporters. To this day, many people who heard them say that believe that false claim. They deflected from President Trump's responsibility to Nancy Pelosi. You know, well, why wasn't she stopping these people from rioting since she's in charge of the Capitol? But the text put the lie to those false claims and those deflections. They weren't frantically calling on Trump to stop Antifa, okay? Uh, Antifa's going to listen to Trump, mm-hmm. right? 
He's got their ear? I don't think so. They could have gone on air in real time and called on Pelosi to do her job and stop the riot if they really thought it was her problem. No, they knew who the people were, they knew who the people supported and who they would listen to, and that was one man, his name is Donald Trump, and that's who they were frantically begging. But then they went on television and presented something else. The mm -hmm. stuff about Antifa and Pelosi and then other f stories that have floated and started floating early on, this was an FBI false flag operation. These were all made up after the fact to soften what the president had at the very least allowed if he had not, in fact, incited it. Now, I say allowed because everyone knew he could stop it. That's why they were calling on him to stop it. Mm -hmm. And he chose not to. You know, the over three hours that he let it go on. So let me just stop here. I'm talking about what he failed to do while the riot was going on. At this point, I'm not talking at all about what he did up to that point. Mm -hmm. The January 6th committee is making the claim, and they're going to need to prove this, that they can show that he was involved in making it happen. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a big claim, so we'll see if they can make good on that. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not making that claim. Mm -hmm. The only claim I'm making right now is he, like all the rest of us, saw it happening. Mm -hmm. But he, unlike all the rest of us, could have stopped it, and he didn't. Well, and, and many of us were, many people were saying things publicly about it. He was kind of silent oh, yeah. for that whole time. And that's a rarity, actually. Well, isn't it? And, 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 and he had people, we have the texts. Not only was Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity writing to him frantically, he had tons of people writing to him, writing to his chief of staff, people within his orbit right there in the White House, mm -hmm. including, we're told by the January 6th committee, his own daughter, Ivanka, going to him saying, you've got to go out and stop this thing, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he made a few kind of innocuous statements that, that, that weren't just, look, this, this, can, this cannot happen, leave immediately, no, none of that. For over three hours, he let it go on before a finally more clear call to stop. And that alone, that's fact, and it's damning. Mm-hmm. It was a dereliction of duty for a president, and he was impeached for it. But politically, Republican politicians and their companion, again in quotes, news sources fell into line with what their constituents wanted, and many still want to hear, that it was not a big deal. People, people have said, said that, you know, the, if you look at this, it was like people taking a tour of the Capitol. Can you believe? Yeah. If you, the only way you can say something like, like that and believe that people would buy it is if you think the only thing they're watching is a channel that actually doesn't show what happened. Mm -hmm. Now I can say whatever I want about it, and people are just taking my word for it because they're not actually watching what happened. There's no way that you can watch what happened on January 6th. And how, how does the word tourism come out of your mouth? Or that it was a false flag, or that the committee is a witch hunt that's looking into it for this past year. This week, in explaining why they're not covering it on Fox News, Laura Ingram said the quiet part out loud when she said, you know, we give our viewers what they want. In fact, she used the word, we cater to our mm. viewers. So you just might be a Fox viewer. Remember a <laughs> Foxworthy joke? <laughs> you just might be a Fox viewer if. <laughs> if you didn't see the hearing on Thursday because they didn't show it. And that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I say, watch and learn, friends, even if you'll hear stuff you don't like about people you do like. Mm. Good point. 
All right, we'll pick up with Durham, Flynn, and Mueller in a minute. But isn't one of the objections that Fox and Friends and viewers of Fox and Friends claim that January 6th committee is yeah. not legitimate? Yeah, of course. It's the same playbook that Trump and his people have used for seven years mm-hmm. whenever he's investigated. It's political. It's a witch hunt. Uh, three things about that claim. Uh, one, unfortunately, it's very, very successful when they do that. It's just mm-hmm. been amazingly successful. Uh, people who follow Trump and his supporters in the news business often just reflexively respond to any questioning of Trump's behavior as polit- a politically motivated witch hunt. He started it with the Russia investigation. His supporters in Congress and on TV picked it up, and many came to believe it. But the idea of a witch hunt is that you're looking for something that isn't there. So that whatever uh, claim that you make uh, to having found something is itself made up. It's a hoax. Mm -hmm. Well, if Mueller was on a a witch hunt with the Russia Russia thing, then he was hanging out in covens. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, in America and in Russia. (laughs) Because last week we gave the stats on how many so-called witches he was able to find and convict and send to jail. And he would have had, in fact, many more. And as we pointed out last week, you know, there are other investigations that are uh, not called witch hunts that we've talked about that are not turning up much. Uh huh. We'll talk a little bit about that in <laughs> yeah. a minute with Durham. Exactly yeah. right. That, that one apparently is not a witch hunt, yeah. but it's also not turning up any witches or not many so far. Right. You know, now Mueller would have actually found many more witches and warlocks uh, had, uh, had President Trump not obstructed justice, which Mueller details in volume two of his excellent and extensive report, which if you're interested and you're making claims about these things, then take the time to, to read it. But if you only listen to Fox and its ilk, you have no way to know any of that. Okay, well, we encourage you uh, listen, watch if you haven't already watched last week's yeah. ep- episode because we talked at great length about a lot of this, mm-hmm. um, about this discernment and how it relates to Durham, right. Flynn, Mueller, and uh, the backstory there. So let's briefly then describe them uh, in reverse order mm-hmm. and then make some suggestions about how we can be, be better consumers yeah, of news. Sounds like a good way to go. So uh, Mueller issued just under 500 pages in the spring of 2019, detailing the Russian government's interest in helping Donald Trump get elected, in part by hurting Hillary Clinton, and also the extensive contacts he documented that the Trump campaign had with multiple Russians during that period, during the campaign, and attempts by the president to obstruct Mueller's probe. He did not prove the definition of conspiracy, the legal definition of conspiracy or coordination. That's a very high bar. But with the obstruction, we'll never know whether he could have gotten there. Mm. Now, all of that is proven. What I just said, every bit of it is proven. Now, this is my own conclusion, that had President Trump not interfered in the investigation, Mueller would, in fact, have even met that high bar of coordination, of conspiracy, collusion. But I admit that I can't prove that. It's only proven that the president did, in fact, interfere in many ways and frantically. And it's my view that be, that was because he was afraid of what more would be discovered. Yeah, that's, that's an example of clearly distinguishing between proof and opinion yeah. that you're talking about. Right. So we, we definitely need yeah, more, sure. more of that. Yeah, let, we don't claim something to be absolutely true that you've not been able to prove. Mm-hmm. We should all have the humility to be able to admit when we're just thinking something to be the case— Give the basis 
I'm giving the basis for why I believe it to be the case, mm -hmm. but then just say, but I, but I can't prove it. Now, we explained uh, last week who Flynn is. He's become a folk hero in some sectors of the right because of the false narrative that's gone around that he was set up to lie to the FBI, that he never should have been prosecuted, and so he's an example of the you know, the deep state that is these nefarious actors, especially in the intelligence community, like the mm -hmm. FBI and the CIA, and they're wanting to go after Trump and, and his people. And that was a claim also made about the Mueller investigation. The deep state is out to get Trump and, and his people. Now, those can both be proven to be demonstrably false, that the Mueller thing was a deep state operation, that the Flynn thing was a deep state operation. So, so follow me. With Flynn, he pleaded guilty to lying of his own volition under oath in court twice. Okay, we have the documentation for that. I'm, nobody can make that up. So unless he's feeble of mind, and no one has made that case, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he lied for the same reason that all people do. He had something to hide. You know, uh, we're going to talk about Durham here in a minute, but Durham spectacularly failed within the last two weeks to get a conviction of a guy that he accused of lying. Um, the truth is, because, but that doesn't mean the guy didn't lie. Mm -hmm. It means he couldn't prove that his lying was illegal because lying in itself is not illegal. Mm -hmm. It's lying to the FBI. Mm -hmm. It's lying to authorities. It's lying... Uh, about a material, is something that's material. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if I'm talking to the FBI and I lie about my educational background, but it has nothing to do with what they're investigating me about, mm -hmm. then it's not material to the, the case. And so you're not going to be charged for that. So it has to be material and it has to be a lie to a, a legal official, you know, the, uh, somebody, an investigator. And so we, but we lie when we want to hide something or, for, or if we want to hide the fact that I don't have this education. And so I lie about it, you know? So that's what, that's what Flynn did. He lied because he had something to hide. The Sussman fellow that Durham was looking into, he, he lied in my view as well, um, because he wanted to hide the fact that he was a Hillary Clinton supporter, but that's not the same thing as proving that what he was trying to do is what started the whole Russia you know, mm -hmm. so-called hoax and mm -hmm. all of that. And Durham just so far hasn't been able to prove any, any of that sort of thing. But Trump was able to get now with Flynn, he was able to get his Justice Department led by, remember he had an attorney general named uh, William Barr, Bill Barr, and he had fired his first attorney general, Jeff Sessions, because he didn't like how he handled the Mueller investigation. So he gets Bill Barr. Bill Barr is now his guy. And, um, he gets the Justice Department, which is headed by the Attorney General, in this case at that time, Bill Barr, to pursue the deep state theory. Mm -hmm. So much so that Barr and the Department of Justice tried to and successfully withdrew the prosecution of, of Michael Flynn. Hmm. Now, just follow this now. It's the Justice Department that Bill Barr heads that's prosecuting. Michael Flynn. Then it's the Justice Department under a new attorney general who decides we don't want to prosecute him anymore. But meanwhile, he has twice under oath pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI mm -hmm. already. He also became a cooperating witness with Mueller, but then decided to become an uncooperating witness mm -hmm. once he found out that he had an opportunity to go a different, a different route. Mm -hmm. 
So here's Bill Barr in effect to the rescue. The judge in that case is having like whiplash with all of this. The guy's name's Emmett Sullivan. He heard, he's the guy who heard Flynn's guilty pleas. And he had never seen anything approaching what's going on here for the government to prosecute, get a guilty plea, and then say, we no longer want to bring the case. And he resisted, the judge did, hmm. in effect saying, hey, you can't do this. He's making a mockery of the court. What are you doing here? And he went after William Barr by name. Uh, but ultimately, he could not sentence Flynn to a case that the government no longer wanted to bring. Huh. It dragged out until Trump, past November of 2020, after Trump had lost the election. But of course, for two more months, he's still president, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and by the way, did you notice I say he lost the election? Okay, <laughs> I just want to make sure we're all clear on that. Uh, and so Trump pardoned Flynn hmm. as a lame duck, and the case was closed. All right, so that's Mueller, that's Flynn. Durham is a guy who many, many right-wingers have placed their hope in to uncover this deep state theory that the Russia stuff was all about getting Trump and his people, and the FBI was in on it, and the CIA was in on it, and the Hillary people were, were in on it. Uh, we're going to see that the Hillary people, in some respects, were in on it, but we'll see, we'll see why in a minute. So again, Bill Barr plays a major role in this. Now, December of 2019, at the Department of Justice, every department within the executive branch of the federal government, so the Department of the Treasury, Department of Defense, uh, Department of the Interior, every department they have, has something called an inspector general. Mm -hmm. And I think these inspector general, the inspector general law is a fantastic thing because it's designed to hold government accountable. And the idea is that any whistleblower who sees something going wrong in any of those departments has somewhere to go mm -hmm. in a process for this to be investigated without, supposed to be without retaliation. Now, just as an aside on this, do you remember the whole Ukraine? You know, we got Ukraine in the news now because they're at war with Russia and we're trying to help them. But remember they were in the news a couple of years ago mm -hmm. because President then President Trump made this phone call to the Ukrainian president yeah. and he said, hey, I want you to do us a favor yeah. and announce that you're doing an investigation into Joe Biden, his upcoming opponent in the election. And mm -hmm. that's in the context of us selling you, giving you these uh, Javelin missiles. Mm -hmm. I want you to do us, it's a quote, I want you to do us a favor, though. Mm -hmm. And so he got impeached for using his position for his political well-being. Yeah. Uh, that's what that was about. Now, I bring it up because the uh, inspector general for the Department of Homeland Security uh, did an investigation into that mm. because because somebody who heard that was on that phone call mm -hmm. complained. They said, wait, here's the president, yeah. right? So they go to the inspector general, and the inspector general does an investigation, and they say, you know, there's probable cause for a case to be brought here, and they refer that to the Department of Justice now. That's how the whole thing got going. Mm -hmm. Now, with the whistleblower law for these inspectors general at these different departments, one of the protections that the whistleblower is supposed to have is their identity doesn't become public. Mm -hmm. But guess what? And so Alexander Vindman, some of you may know that name because, and especially in right-wing media, he became a, a villain because, of course, he's out to get Trump in this, you know, in this narrative. And so... Here's the inspector general in the Department of Justice, a guy named Michael Horowitz. And in December of 2019, he issued a report 
about what he had been, been investigating, namely the origin of the FBI's investigation into Russia and the Trump campaign. And his conclusion in a report that you can download on the internet, Michael Horowitz, Inspector General Report, Russia, Trump, just Google that, you know, you'll, you'll get it. He concluded that contrary to popular lore, it was not started because of the Clinton campaign or the infamous Steele dossier. Some of us have heard about that. Mm -hmm. I'm named after a guy named Christopher Steele. Uh, but in his words, it was, quote, properly predicated. That is, the FBI had good reason to look into these contacts between the Trump campaign and Russia. Barr disagreed. So here he is now. He's the head of the Department of Justice. He's got an inspector general. The inspector general does his job, and Barr says, no, I don't agree with that. So he gives to John Durham, a different guy, to look into this to prove that it was not started properly, but rather was started for political purposes. Hmm. So this is the Department of Justice now trying to prove its own inspector general wrong. That is what Durham has been charged with. <laughs> and he's been searching literally across the globe. When I, when I say this, he and Barr have gone together over to places like Italy. They've, they've gone around the world trying to find people who are part of this grand conspiracy. And he's been doing this for over three years. And he's indicted exactly one guy, a guy named Kevin Kleinschmidt, who I nor pretty much anybody else other than Mrs. Kleinschmidt, <laughs> <laughs> if there is a Mrs. Kleinschmidt, has ever heard of. A low-level lawyer in the Department of Justice who, in fact, falsified an email and brought it to the court, which is a crime. And mm -hmm. so he should be charged. And he was, and he was found guilty, and he was punished. Um, but that guy was actually discovered by, guess who? The Inspector General, Horowitz. <laughs> Not by, he, that was turned over to Durham to prosecute. Last week, Durham, or within the last two weeks, he suffered that spectacular loss in court with his biggest fish so far, who was found not guilty. A guy that he hoped to show lied to the FBI about what he was doing because he was in cahoots with the Clinton campaign. Now, this guy had turned over some information to the FBI about, remember that, this we talked about back in February when the guy uh -huh. was indicted, uh -huh. that we talked about there being these DNS, domain names, domain yeah. name servers, yeah, yeah. things, and there were these pings. I got, I got going excited on. when we started talking about the technology <laughs> part of it, yeah. There were these pings with a place called Alpha Bank, yeah, and the Trump headquarters, and it was just weird. There's all this pinging going on. Well, Alpha Bank is a Russia connected bank, and so this guy got a hold of that. He got a hold of it through a technology guy that he knew who said, hey, we got this weird stuff going on. You know, you know people at the FBI, don't you? You know, give this to the FBI because it's mm -hmm. weird. So he took it to the FBI. But he said when he took it to the FBI, hey, I'm not working for anybody. I'm not working for any client. And that's what Durham went after him on. He said, no, you have been a lawyer for the Clinton campaign. You are a Clinton campaign mm -hmm. supporter. You lied about not being a... Well, he was found not guilty of that. Because... Yeah. He was saying that I'm not I'm be turning this over on behalf of a client. I'm not doing it on behalf of a client. That's right. what he was saying. Gotcha. And they couldn't prove otherwise. Gotcha. Now, was he? I don't know. Might have been. Uh, did he want to see Clinton helped and Trump hurt? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But that only means it was political, but not illegal. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing happens all the time. I have no doubt that he wanted to make Trump look bad by what he passed on to the FBI in September of 2016. Then it was leaked to the press, and that, that's called politics, not a crime, and the jury saw that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Now, Durham, ha Durham has another trial set for October to prove this deep state connection of the Russia investigation because he's prosecuting the guy who gave Christopher Steele his information for that, for that dossier. Now, that guy, too, is a Clinton supporter, and I have no doubt that he also wanted to have the FBI look into things regarding Trump, leak them to the press, as the dossier was ultimately leaked to the press, um, to hurt Trump. Let me just stop here for a second. It was ultimately leaked to the press, this dossier, but not until Trump had already been elected. Mm. That's an important detail. It, it is, a, indeed. But still, it's politics. He may have even lied to cover up his connection to Hillary, but it's not clearly illegal. We'll see. We'll see if he's able to, to show that. But if it is shown that he lied, then I hope he's found guilty and I hope he's punished, like Michael Flynn should have been punished. Mm. You know, I'm amazed at how people, if it's my tribe then it's okay for them to get off, but other people simply can't get off for these things. Well, how about this? How about nobody gets off? How about yeah. if you're guilty, nobody gets off? I don't care whether you're helping Hillary. I don't care if you're helping Trump. So like pretend nobody's above the law. Let's approve that, that okay. justice is blind, <laughs> even has a blindfold on, yeah. you know? That'd be great. <laughs> how about that, right? Great. And instead of calling it what they did when it was Flynn, I can't believe this. They, I had friends of mine who were saying, you know, that lying to the FBI is, is a process crime. A process crime. Mm -hmm. I had never even heard the term before. And so now I never I never cease to uh, take advantage of the opportunity to say, you know, all the stuff Durham's looking into is just process crimes. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> and you don't really believe it. You're I just don't, saying, I don't. you're I'm just, just pointing out that some people uh -huh. who've said that don't believe Indeed. it either. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So if Durham does get a conviction yeah. with this trial that starts in October, mm. Then will that prove that the Russia investigation was a Clinton fabrication or a deep state yeah. conspiracy to get right. Trump? Well, here's that's the the thing. Even if the trial last week that the guy had been, even if that one where he was found not guilty, if he had been found guilty of lying to the FBI, and even if this guy in October is, mm -hmm. it still proves nothing mm. of the of the kind. And here's for the reason: it's a, for a very simple, and here's what's important: a very ver verifiable reason for anybody who wants to look into it that will show that this whole Durham thing at least so far has been a fool's errand honestly and here's what it is the FBI began investigating the Trump campaign before what the guy last week did when he went and took that information about the DNS you know pings mm -hmm, and all of that mm -hmm. unbeknownst to him the FBI had already been looking into Trump and Russia for months hmm. They didn't start an investigation into Trump because of what that guy did. Likewise, with regard to the, the dossier, this guy who's going to be tried in October, even if that guy is found guilty of lying to them about what he was doing, the Trump-Russia investigation was not started contrary to what many people have been told and think because they just hear all this information and it's all kind of thrown together and it's not carefully distinguished. And so they think it started because of this false dossier that, that mm -hmm. went around. Mm -hmm. It started in July of 2016, before either of the things that Durham's looking at uh, had ever occurred. So honestly, I don't even know why Durham's looking at them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if his charge, if he's trying to pursue his charge, which is to show that this was started, the thing was started for political reasons. Not that there wasn't any politics involved. There weren't right. political people involved. There were political people who wanted to see, you know, Trump, you know, get get hammered in the press and all of that. It started for political reasons, but he's not looking at the start of it. Huh. It started 
in the first half of 2016, when the campaign's going on, now get this, there's an Australian diplomat, a guy named Andrew Downer, who nobody knows or really cares about other than this story. And he's at a bar in London, I think it was, with a guy named George Papadopoulos. George Papadopoulos, the only reason we know his name, he was a young guy that, that Trump picked to be part of his foreign policy advisory team during the campaign. Uh, Papadopoulos didn't have a whole lot of foreign policy experience or any of that, but that aside, he was foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. And he's in London. And he's talking to this Australian diplomat, and maybe he was drunk, I don't know, but he says to the guy, he says, uh, the Russians have dirt on Hillary Clinton. Huh. The Russians have stolen dirt on Hillary Clinton. And this, this Australian di diplomat's going, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Why are the Russians getting involved in a U.S. election? Uh -huh. He contacted the FBI. Uh -huh. Crossfire hurricane, which is what the investigation into Trump and Russia is called, did not start with a dossier. It did not start with the stuff that this Michael Sussman guy was found not guilty of with the DNS servers. It didn't start with any of that. It started with this Australian diplomat calling the FBI and saying, and so then they started interviewing, they interviewed uh, this George Papadopoulos. Hmm. And Papadopoulos lied about it. Hmm. And so they prosecuted him. And one after another, they start now interviewing people and everybody's lying. Huh. So why is everybody lying? Well, there was a lot more going Which, on. Which, hang on, I get this straight. <clears throat> it's, it's just a process crime in this well, case. Well, that's is true. That right? That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. So. I'm being facetious, of course. <laughs> but it is hard to keep straight oh, if goodness. you don't apply the rules consistently. Correct. you got to figure out, all right, when do I... Yeah. When know, do I really care about this? Yeah. 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 So wasn't, wasn't there uh, that couple in the FBI, oh. we talked about Strzok and Page, oh. who were having an affair? They were. And uh, their text messages showed how much they hated Trump and they wanted to see him taken well, that's down. That's good that you brought that up because I'm sure some of our listeners, if they're still awake, after all the, <laughs> that they're thinking, okay, well, what about... We need a little bell to ring. Uh, we do. <laughs> what, about, what about Strzok and Page? You know, because that, oh my goodness, you talk about that. That just had hours mm -hmm. and hours and weeks and weeks on right-wing media especially. And it was, you know, it was these people were something else okay they're fbi agents and they're two fbi agents that have an affair and you know that's all embarrassing for them because at least one of them struck was married mm -hmm. um and so that all came out and then the, the fact that they despised trump was clear in those in those texts so they did hate him and they did not want to see him elected but there's been no proof that they did anything to keep it from happening okay and if right. they did, they were pretty inept because he actually did get elected, didn't he? <laughs> There's, but that. It's easily, There's that. But yeah. it's easily proved that even Strzok and Page were not willing to do something outside their bounds to keep Trump from being elected. It can be easily shown. So you're saying easily. Easily. Really you, easily? Okay, easily. All right, here's how. Right. Peter Strzok, and, the, and he was in the upper echelons of uh, the FBI. Mm -hmm. He knew that this crossfire hurricane investigation was going on starting in July of 2016. But only they knew it. Uh, the Clinton campaign didn't know about it. They did not know that the FBI had this investigation going on. The press did not know. The public learned about the fact that the FBI had been investigating the Trump campaign and Russia and their connections. We didn't learn about that till March of 2017. Guess who was president in March 2017? Mm -hmm. Trump already got elected. Now, just, just think about that. If the deep state, the FBI, wanted to take Trump down, including Peter Strzok, 
And they were willing to do whatever it took to keep that guy from being elected. All they had to do was leak the existence of this investigation. Mm. The FBI is looking. I mean, remember, he won by a whisker. Mm -hmm. Uh, He won Michigan by 11,000 votes. He won three states to win the Electoral College by a total of 77,000 votes. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. He won barely. Nobody expected him to win, if you remember. It was a shock. Right, yeah. So it wouldn't have taken much at all to tip that election. And Strzok could have done that if he wanted to take him down. Several people could have done that, and none of them did that. In fact, the FBI not only didn't hurt Donald Trump by leaking the fact that he was being investigated, his campaign's being investigated, they did hurt Hillary. Yeah. If you remember, it's going back a ways, but two weeks before the election in 2016, they reopened an investigation into her mm-hmm. and her emails. And many people believe that hurt her just enough to yeah. keep her from being the president. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about those close votes. It's not exactly. difficult to Didn't imagine. Take much, right? So so many, many people are being misled mm-hmm. by the news sources mm-hmm. they choose. Mm-hmm. Thing on things like Mueller and Flynn and Durham. Mm-hmm. And we believe we're saying we're talking about this today because we believe folks' spiritual Correct. growth could be helped by being more discerning. Yes on where they go for information. So what are some better ways to do this? Friends, uh, you know, if you're, if you're listening right now and you're, you're, your blood pressure is going up because, <laughs> because you're, you're going, no, wait a minute, what? No, I know that I don't believe what Brown's saying here. Well, I'm just telling you things that can be verified, okay, documented, and do with as you will with that. But I hope that you'll just take a deep breath, really, and just... Be willing to entertain the idea that you've been lied to. You've been lied to over and and over and over for people who monetize the lying. They get an audience. They get a devoted audience. They've got you. You tune into them and them alone. And they know that. Mm. So I don't have to show you what happened on January 6th and how we were involved in it. And I know you're not going to watch it because you only watch us. They've got a monopoly on your mind. Think about that. Scary. It is. It's scary to think about. You know, and, and we Christians, we don't let anybody capture our minds. We capture thoughts. We take every thought captive mm-hmm. to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5. So stop listening to the sources who are doing that. That's the first thing. These sources know what they're doing, and they intentionally seek to flood you with false narratives to confuse and scare Steve Bannon. Some of you remember that name. He was a senior advisor to the president until, you know, he just, uh, the, the president fired him, but then they became friends again. It's such, that's such a sordid tale that <laughs> Bannon gets indicted and gets also pardoned by Trump at the end of the Trump presidency. It's, it's crazy. The Steve Bannon guy's scary. He's a scary dude, I'm telling you. But anyway, that's for another program sometime. But he called it flooding the zone. When we put information out there, he said, he calls it, this is a quote, flooding the zone with, and I won't say the word, mm. but it, the Latin word is effluvia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's pressing pause, Google. Flood the zone with, I mean, you got people who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Flood the zone with all kinds of just stuff. And they're counting on you being counting. gullible. Yeah. And just not listening, look not verifying. Sources, don't yeah. verify. I encourage you to go to our website and listen to our two-week series called The Wisdom Pyramid, mm. based on a book by that name. 
And in those lessons, I mentioned misleading sources, but I also offer some that I recommend. So let me just quickly give some suggestions. Diversify your exposure to media. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me give you some headlines here. Here's, here's a headline from some within the last year. Andrew Cuomo is unfit for office. Now, he was the governor of New York, you may remember. Uh, if there was any doubt, uh, if there was any doubt about Mr. Cuomo's fitness to continue in office, it was removed with the details of his treatment of women and the toxic culture of the go- governor's executive chamber that enabled the harassment to occur. Here's another headline. You should resign, Governor Cuomo. Regardless of what may happen in a court of law, the governor, governor has only one conscionable option left. He should resign. Here is another headline on a different issue. The CDC, Centers for Disease Control's eviction moratorium, is almost certainly illegal. Now, eviction moratorium. We, mm-hmm. the CDC, are saying to landlords, you can't evict people who aren't paying their rent because of COVID. And this headline is saying that's almost certainly illegal. And then the, the article goes on to say, if the Trump administration had ignored a direct warning from the Supreme Court, mm-hmm then Democrats would rightfully line up to condemn the president. Mr. Biden does not get a pass on the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Now, here, I read all of those. They're all from the Washington Post and the New York Times. (laughs) Okay, and I'm just doing that to say, you know, some of you have been told you can't read a line from either of those sources because they're all lies. And yet you agree with everything that was just said there. Mm -hmm. And who cares whether you agree with it? What matters is, is it true? Mm-hmm. But you cut yourself off from some good reporting when you stay in your silo, friends. So diversify. Even be willing to read the other side from every now and then. Now, most of us are listening to this, and, and the two of us certainly are conservatives, so I'll recommend some conservative sources, but also some that give a wider perspective and do what you have time for and you can afford since some of these require subscription. But if you... To expose yourself to the other side, you got the Washington Post and New York Times. Some more neutral sources are, and this is free online, Politico, Politico, Real Clear. There's Real Clear Politics, Real Clear Religion, mm-hmm. Real Clear Science. There's a thing called 1440. It's called 1440 because that was the year that Gutenberg invented the printing press. <laughs> and so it's www.join1440.com. And what that does, it's free. And it gives you a digest of just here's the stuff that's important. Here's the news, okay? Kind of neutral. If you want right-leaning, rightward-leaning, the Wall Street Journal is is like that. And if you want more conservative, kind of straight-up conservative perspective on things, the National Review. Can can I highlight, too, because it's it's easy. You know, we're talking about trying to seek objectivity, and then yet we're comfortable recommending a right-leaning source. It's because we understand that, um, you know, the idea of true absolute objectivity or impartiality is very difficult to come by. We all begin with a worldview. Even a reporter begins with a worldview. But it's one thing to say, okay, I understand I have my viewpoints that I bring to my reporting. And it's another thing to say, um, I'm going to exploit people who come from this perspective mm. and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to yeah, keep their views. Good. That's and, a good point, yeah. uh, you know, so, so we understand that there's no such thing as absolute neutrality. Yeah. But what we're saying is prefer news sources that try to seek objectivity in the reporting. One. And then uh, if they are catering to a particular audience like National Review is, Mm -hmm. like the Dispatch is, Mm -hmm. if you're doing that, say so. 
Right. You know, just say that's that's what we're that's what we're doing. This is bringing a conservative view to the legal realm, to the political realm, to economics, to that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, but but you're saying that. Um, but still, you're dealing with facts, and you only state things that are provable. And f- for the most part, National Review and the Dispatch do that. I, I recommend both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all things that you read. Now, if you must listen to stuff, because I recommend being a reader. That's a discipline of the mind. But if you must just only listen to stuff, which is the case, <laughs> you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose between CBS, ABC, NBC, you know, NBC's anchor for the evening news is Lester Holt, and he's kind of a straight up guy in my view. So if you're gonna do that and you want to watch someone, I'd, I'd say that PBS Public Broadcasting System they have their news hour every evening, and they go for an hour. But what's interesting about them is they give the headlines for about 15 minutes, and then for 45 minutes, they have these segments where they devote 10 to 15 minutes to a particular subject, Hmm. interview people, that kind of thing. And that's something you don't get in the half hour or even hour ABC, CBS. You get those interviews. It's a little more in-depth. And then the best of all, if you're going to watch something, (laughs) of course, is C-SPAN, because that is completely neutral. That will really cure people of being addicted to politics. Politics, I think that's the cure right there. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> well, very, uh, very good examples, and ultimately, like we said, this ties into the reason this is important. And two pastors sit here talking about it is because uh, we claim to be people who submit to the truth. Mm-hmm. We have God's word, mm-hmm. and uh, we are people who are given a mission mm-hmm. to give a message, mm-hmm. and that message depends on. Our credibility, so we want to make sure we're we're people of truth, and we're willing to uh, to look for it, be committed to it, even when it doesn't make our side politically yes. look good. Yes. So, hope you find this helpful. We uh, we cover these topics and try to produce one of these every week and release them on Saturdays at two. If you don't already subscribe to our YouTube channel, you should consider doing that. Hit the notification bell so you know when our new episodes come out, and we'll see you in the next one. If you have a question you'd like us to consider, you can send that into our email address, info at cbctrenton.com, or text it to us at 97000.